Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We often hold on to things we cherish with closed hands, and we are tempted to do this with our faith. But we will discover as we continue our series in Ruth that faith is designed to be received and given with open hands, and it will grow within us and around us. If you're joining us for the very first time and you, you don't know me or our family very well, you should know that we have a one-year-old daughter. And a one-year-old, of course, is in that time where they are beginning to become a full-fledged toddler. And in this transition time, she is beginning, beginning, not full-fledged yet, to understand a little bit about possession and things like that. So if you give her a toy, right, toys like these, She'll be looking at it. She'll be playing with it. Well, there are moments, of course, when we as a parent have to get going, need to move her, need to change diaper, whatever it might be. And she might be holding on to this. And we get it out of her hands a little bit sooner than she desires. She holds tighter, squeezes harder. And there becomes a struggle. And the more that there's a struggle, the more that she holds on tightly to these toys, the bigger the tantrum will be. She is beginning to develop the understanding of possession and self, all these different kinds of things. And my wife and I are going to have, of course, a long, long time of showing her how to share and how to properly, uh, you know, utilize possessions and things for her life. But I think the most interesting thing is the more that she wants it, the more she holds on tightly, tightly to these things. And the thing about baby toys is that they are designed to withstand a toddler, a baby, doing whatever they do to a toy. For example, this teether is hard. If you squeeze it really hard, nothing is going to happen to it, especially the strength of a baby. But even this soft part, if you squeeze it really hard, it will come back to its form. It's designed to withstand such tantrums, to, to, to withstand such squeezing and force. In our own lives, we do often the same thing for things that we love and cherish immensely. Think about something that's really important to you. How, hold, how tightly do you hold on to it? Whether it be a possession or whether it be a person, when we truly cherish or love that person or that thing, we sometimes can hold on so tightly we don't even realize how tightly we're holding on to it. Sometimes holding on tightly can damage that thing or that person. And it's really difficult because if somebody is trying to loosen our grip on it or, or our circumstances doing so, we will often hold on tighter. So much like a toddler does to a toy. In particular, I was thinking about how people of faith hold on to faith. Faith is designed to be something that transforms us and orients our lives completely. And I think we often look at faith and see how important it is to us that we sometimes hold on very tightly to it. 
Because after all, it's something that we want to be grounded in. It's something that we want to be molded by. It's something that we want to affect others with. And we definitely don't want anyone to take our faith from us. And what actually ends up happening is that sometimes we hold on to faith in a way that a toddler does a toy. And sometimes we don't even realize that we might be doing harm in that way. Today, as we continue our journey with Ruth, we will discover that faith is not something to be entirely held on tightly by, but rather it's something, well, it's a bit more open. If you joined us last week, we are recognizing that in this story of Ruth, Ruth has a faith to her mother-in-law, Naomi. And I encourage you that if you did not get to join us last week to go back to last week before, because you'll be right here in the middle of the story. You won't know exactly what's going on. But Ruth has a faith, a devotion, and an open-eyed orientation of her life to stick with Naomi and to help provide for Naomi. And that kind of faith is the kind of faith that we are to have with God, an orienting of our lives to stick with God, recognizing that what God does and what God is and what God will do in us affects everything in our lives. And we remain faithful no matter what circumstance comes our way. Today, as Naomi and Ruth are back in Naomi's homeland, Ruth will act faithfully to Naomi. But as a new person comes into the picture, we will discover that how Ruth acts faithfully is one, one part of faith, but this person, Boaz, will show us another aspect of how faith is to grow. So we are in the book of Ruth, beginning with chapter 2 today, and we're going to read the first 18 verses of chapter 2. Now, Naomi had a respective relative, a man of worth, through her husband from the family of Elimelech. I looked up the pronunciation this week to make sure I knew how to say it. Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field so that I may glean among the ears of grain behind someone in whose eyes I might find favor. Naomi replied to her, go, my daughter. So she went and she arrived and she gleaned in the field behind the harvesters. And by chance, it happened to be the portion of the field that belonged to Boaz, who was from the family of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem. He said to the harvesters, may the Lord be with you. And they said to him, may the Lord bless you. Boaz said to his young man, the one who was overseeing the harvesters, to whom does this young woman belong? Referring to Ruth. The young man who was overseeing the harvesters answered, she's a young Moabite woman. The one who returned from Naomi from the territory of Moab. Remember, Moabites were perennial enemies of Israelites. And she said, please let me glean so that I might gather up grain from among the bundles behind the harvesters. And she arrived and has been on her feet from the morning until now and has sat down only for a moment. Boaz said to Ruth, haven't you understood, my daughter? Don't go glean in another field. Don't go anywhere else. Instead, stay here with my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that they are harvesting and go along after them. I've ordered the young men not to assault you whenever you are thirsty. 
Go to the jugs and drink from what the young men have filled. Then she bowed down, face to the ground, and replied to him, How is it that I have found favor in your eyes, that you notice me? I'm an immigrant. Boaz responded to her, Everything that you did for your mother-in-law after your husband's death has been reported fully to me. How you left behind your father, your mother, in the land of your birth, and came to a people you hadn't known beforehand. May the Lord reward you for your deed. May you receive a rich reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you've come to seek refuge. She said, may I continue to find favor in your eyes, sir? Because you've comforted me and because you've spoken kindly to your female servant, even though I'm not one of your female servants. Boaz doesn't stop there. As, Moat, as mealtime, at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, eat some of the bread and deep dip your piece in the vinegar. And she sat alongside the harvesters and she, he served roasted grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and had leftovers. Then she got up to glean. Boaz ordered his young men, let her glean between the bundles and don't humiliate her. Also pull out some from the bales for her and leave them behind for her to glean and do not scold her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed what she had gleaned. It was about an ephah of barley. She picked it up and went into town. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She brought out what she had left over after eating her fill and gave it to her. Some things that we need to understand in this story is some of the cultural contexts of this. Remember that Naomi is Israelite and Ruth is a Moabite. Those, that relationship is not what you would call friendly very often. But within Israelite law, within their life, as they were to respond faithfully to God, one of the laws provided for those who owned land to make sure that they did not harvest every bit of their crop, but rather to leave some for those who are immigrants and those who are poor in their community to be able to glean from. In other words, those who might be considered to be less than are provided for in Hebrew law. God said to do it. And so when Ruth comes to Boaz's land, she asks for what an immigrant or somebody who is poor to do, to, to, to receive. She does not go there thinking, I'm the, I'm the daughter-in-law of an Israelite, so... I should be able to harvest whatever I want. No, she comes with a humble spirit and asks, recognizes that for her to get food for herself, but also her mother-in-law, that she will have to just receive what is given. She is at the mercy of whoever owns this land, and it happens to be Boaz, who is actually related to Naomi. What's interesting is that as she requests this ability to glean, Boaz doesn't respond 
in a way that probably we would think. In fact, probably 99 times out of 100, another Hebrew would say, you're a Moabite, get out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. You are our enemy. There is no, no way, no way. And they would go against no matter what the law said. Because so often that's what we do as humans. We're also, we're, we're very tribal. We, we hold on to grudges. We often do these kinds of things. But what's amazing is that Boaz not only allows her to glean, he actually invites her to, to dinner, to a meal with the rest of the maidservants, which means that she is not just an immigrant gleaning. She has been almost welcomed into his clan and to work with those who work for him. And he gives her protection and he, he just keeps giving and giving. Now, we might think to ourselves, oh, so if I have a faith like Ruth does to Naomi, then everything is provided for. Good things happen. But what happens in the story of Ruth, we know does not happen often. Living faithfully does not mean that you and I will receive all that we desire, all that we need. Because guess what? At some point, others don't have faith either. And they sometimes take advantage of those who humbly ask or give or whatever it might be. So we need to be very, very clear here, okay? And this is different than what some people in the world say, but the Bible never, ever guarantees prosperity or wealth or the absence of conflict or difficulty whenever you begin to have faith in God. Rather, often it leads to difficulty and poverty and even exploitation. When you have faith, and you are met with these kinds of things like difficulty and conflict and poverty and exploitation, often what we end up doing is we start to take our faith and squeeze harder to protect and to do all these things. Ruth shows us how we cannot do that. And Boaz's response shows us that we cannot do that. Let's start with Ruth really quickly. Ruth recognizes that she realized that she will be dependent on Boaz's goodwill and so says that she will not glean until he has shown himself favorable toward her. Robert Alter says that. And this is important. She does not have any entitlement. She does not assume a status that she thinks that she might have by her relationship to Naomi. She does not do anything but just simply come to Boaz with her hands open, recognizing that what she will receive, she will receive. And she will be grateful for it because she will provide for the mother-in-law who she is remaining faithful to in this. Remaining faithful to. What matters is that she has something for her mother-in-law who is grieving, who is having a difficult time coming back to her homeland without her 
her husband, and with a Moabite daughter-in-law. And so Ruth comes with open hands, humbly to Boaz. See, when it comes to faith, not just to a person, but to God, we recognize that the faith in God is one that's actually received. If you go throughout the New Testament and you look at the different parts, you will find Paul talking about how faith is, is given to us because of Jesus's faithfulness to us. In other words, friends, the faith in God, the faith in Jesus Christ reflects the kind of faith that God has to us. Essentially, it's a divine faith. And so to just remain faithful in the ways that we as humans think of faith would be folly because oftentimes that is just not a complete picture. God has stayed faithful to humanity through all of human history, far beyond what we think that we're capable of. And so the faith that we have in him is actually received. It's actually given to us. This life, this way of living is given and so for us, when we begin to have faith in God, we recognize that it is a, it's a moment where we go with open hands to God and we receive from him this new life. And we don't come thinking that we know everything. We come with humility. We come asking for forgiveness. We come looking to him for everything. That's humility. And this transforms everything for us. What we receive from God, we are joyful for. What we receive from God is what we receive and we become at peace. What we receive from God is new life to live faithfully to him. And so faith is a life with hands that are open to receive what God provides. Really, truly. Everything. But when you live your life with your hands open to God, there can be moments where somebody, where somebody's actions or the circumstances of life cause us to want to close them. And what we do is we begin to rely upon ourselves instead of God and the ways of living that he has given to us. Because let's really be honest, this world is not one where everybody receives everything that they need. We see injustice continuously. And you know where that comes from? It doesn't come from God. It comes from humans looking to take initiative beyond what they are capable of doing. That is what sin is, and that is often what leads to the death that we see in our world. Sometimes we like to put that on God. But the reality of it is, is that there are forces in this world, sin, death, evil, people's individual decisions, the sicknesses that we have experienced all of these things. This all comes from us not receiving from God instead of taking it 
for ourselves. And Boaz could have easily done that. Boaz could have easily used his power and said, get out of here, you Moabite, you immigrant, and shut her out and assume the worst about her. But instead, he goes beyond what the law provides. He doesn't just allow her to glean. He invites her to the table of the maidservants. Because Boaz understands that what he has received from God is designed to also to be given to others. You see, faith is not just an open hand to receive from God. It's also open hands to give back to God and to give to others. Because the moment that we take the faith that we have received from God and we begin to hold on to it with clenched fists is when we begin to use God for our own ways, for sin and for death. And that is so often what we see. It's people who say God wants us to do this when in reality it's what we want. And that's not being faithful to God, that's being faithful to self. And as Boaz gives far more than what he is obligated to, Ruth and Naomi are provided for. He keeps his hands open to give what he has received from God to others. Earlier this week in our midweek update, I shared with you a term, it's called the loop of grace by Bishop Barron. And it was about a different, it was about a different part of, of, uh, of scripture than, than this. But it, it, it just spoke so amazingly into this moment of what faith is. See, as I shared with you earlier, faith is a gift. It's been given to us. That's what grace means. Grace means really gift, unmerited favor. So the faith that we receive from Christ includes a radical forgiveness of sin and a love regardless of, of, of who we've been and a life that is dependent not on circumstance, but on Christ alone. And so this faith is, is a gift that we have been given. And the thing about grace is that if something is given to somebody, if this forgiveness, if this love, if this peace if it stops with somebody, it ceases to be grace because grace is designed to continue on. A gift is designed to be given again. And that's really what the faith in Christ is. We receive our faith open-handedly and we keep them open as we give to others. And this is why Jesus doesn't just forgive you or doesn't just forgive me or just a bunch of people within a building like a church. He forgives all. It's also why God gives us abilities and the things that we have in our lives 
to be given to others, to be given to him and to others in love. And so we are stewards of what we are given. Resources, talents, abilities. And if we just take all that we have and we keep it for ourselves, then the grace does not increase in the world. Rather, it often can be used for sin and death. And so friends, what we learn from Ruth and what we learn in this moment is that faith is designed to be open to receive and open to give in all circumstances. And I get it. It's a little scary because if you give of yourself, what if somebody takes advantage of it? That is exactly what, G what happened to Jesus. He gave himself and it was exploited for power. So yes, living a life that is open to receive and open to give does have some risk where you will be treated unfairly. You will be hurt unjustly because some look to take advantage of that. And so often people of faith, when that happens, we begin to close our fists around our faith and we stop receiving and giving as Christ has done for us. So I wanted us to think about faith as we close with something precious. <laughs> Told you that toddler toys are designed to withstand the hard squeezing of a toddler and parents trying to get out of their hands. Think of something that's a little bit more precious. I thought of a flower. A flower is an item that must be carefully handed always with an open hand. Think about it for a second. If you hold a flower from its stem, right, you must hold it ever so carefully with two fingers. Because if you begin to close your hand on a stem, what you will end up doing is you will end up squeezing it to the point that the stem that provides sustenance to the flower is cut off. Or maybe if you were to try and hold a flower by its head, by where its petals are, you have to do so between fingers or ever so carefully with open hands. Because if you close your hand on the head of a flower, what happens is you destroy its beauty and you destroy its ability to reproduce. Faith is like that flower. Faith is open hands to receive sustenance from God. And faith is keeping your life open so that faith will grow in the world around us. You cannot squeeze it or the sustenance will be cut off or the ability to grow will be cut off. Faith is best held lovingly and carefully with open hands to receive and to give. So friends, may it be so in our lives. I know it's tempting to try and hold on to it and squeeze it, but we end up so often becoming stubborn and utilizing God for our own ways and sin and death. May we not be so. May we be open to receive and generous to give 
in our lives, in our faith with Jesus Christ. Otherwise, friends, faith will not grow within us, and faith will definitely not, faith will not grow in our world around us. May we live with open hands. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope that you are inspired by this week's message. Because of the current pandemic, our services are limited to an online presence. You can join us on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.